0: But based on 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 uh, anecdotal information, at least from, from some of the companies that are out here, it's not, they aren't seeing a great resignation in Asia, most of them, for now. But at the same time, they are seeing a big shift, which we've just been talking about, especially in the millennials and Gen Zs, not only in them, but they want more freedom, personal time, working for a purpose, not so much accumulation of wealth. And so what they brought in is more flexible working policies, uh, work from home two days a week, uh, pretty much everywhere, questioning their work style and work-life balance. And, of course, employees are in a stronger position, generally speaking, in Asia as well as as well as elsewhere in the world, and that makes it quite a different situation. And, again, adjustments have been made, and many of them are using the same word Andrew just used. It's an existential problem, an issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you all
1: for a very entertaining discussion this morning. You heard there uh, Mark Michelson, chairman of the Asia CEO Forum at IMA Asia, Andrew Ferris, who's chief strategist at UCAP Hong Kong Asset Management, and our international economics correspondent, Barry Wood. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the markets, the SX200 is down about 0.1% at the moment. Looks like a flat open for the Hang Seng here in Hong Kong in under an hour's time. Brent crude oil trading at $80.17 a barrel. Uh, and gold is at $1,814 an ounce. That's it for me. Please do join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Back chat's coming up after the news with Janice Wong and Anna Fenton. The weather forecast for today, mainly cloudy, one or two light rain patches in the morning, sunny intervals during the day with a maximum temperature of around 22 degrees and sunny periods in the next few days as well. Cool mornings on Friday and during the weekend, 19 degrees right now, 77% relative humidity.
0: It's 8.32, here's Andy Sharofsky with the half-hour news. Authorities are awaiting the return of a cruise to nowhere after nine close contacts of a female COVID patient boarded the Spectrum of the Seas vessel on Sunday. The cruise company said there were about 2,500 passengers and 1,200 staff members on board. It comes as three overnight lockdowns yielded no new coronavirus cases. Vicki Wong reports.
2: Health authorities say the employer of a 43-year-old female patient and another eight close contacts boarded a Spectrum of the Seas cruise to nowhere on Sunday, which was due to return tomorrow. The nine close contacts have so far tested preliminary negative while on board the vessel. The government says it will arrange testing for all passengers and staff when the ship arrives at the Kaitak cruise terminal. The nine close contacts will be sent to Penny's Bay Quarantine Centre. Of the nine contacts, one is the boss of a 43-year-old domestic helper who's tested preliminary positive. She lives at Chesterfield Mansion in Causeway Bay, which was locked down overnight for testing. The lockdown was lifted at 7 a.m. with no new cases found. Meanwhile, residents of Causeway Tower were also tested and the lockdown there lifted at 7.30 a.m. with no new cases found. That case involves a 48-year-old woman. Both the 48-year-old and the domestic helper are linked to a Cathay staff who breached isolation rules by staying in two places after returning from a flight.
0: The ship is believed to be docking soon. A prominent epidemiologist says an untraceable case in Tun Mun is concerning and more such invisible cases could emerge. Professor Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health also said it was too early to drop the zero COVID policy as the city's vaccine coverage wasn't high enough.
1: And if we remember back to the third and fourth wave, whenever untraceable cases appeared, we knew there were always some other undetected, unrecognized cases in the community as well, because we, we, we know not every case of COVID is going to be identified when, when they're spread in the community, unfortunately. So I think the contact tracing at the, the Moon Palace restaurant has been fantastic. But uh, I, I, I wonder if maybe there's been a little bit of transmission in other locations apart from that restaurant.
0: Britain has recorded more than 200,000 new cases in a day for the first time. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, also urged people to get vaccinated, saying some were dying needlessly. I mean, how absolutely
1: crazy it is, absolutely crazy that there are 2 million slots this week for people to get vaccinated. And yet the the majority of people in ICU for COVID are not vaccinated, 61%.
0: And a prominent politician in the colonial era, Hilton Chung-Lin, has died at the age of 99. Mr. Chung-Lin served as an elected member of the Urban Council for 34 years, from 1957 to 1991. He was also the first Chinese person to serve as chairman of the Urban Council between 1981 and 1986. He was also a member of the Legislative Council for nine years in the 70s and 80s. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, said she was saddened by Mr. Chung-Lin's death, adding that he was committed to community service and was particularly concerned about the development of local education. That's your news from RKHK.
3: Good morning and welcome to Bat Chat with Anna Fenton and me, Janice Wong. On today's program, we'll look at the rise in online and romance scams and extending the vaccine bubble to schools crime figures have been surging during the pandemic, notably in the number of online and romance-related scams. Why is this happening? And how can people better protect themselves? After 9.15am, we'll talk about plans to require teachers and school staff to get vaccinated by February the 24th. Will this be enough? As authorities scramble to find the source of a new suspected Omicron case with no obvious links to known infections, will schools be ready to comply? Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, email us at backchat at rthk.hk or just give us a call on 233 That's two three three eight eight two six six. Now to kick off our discussion this morning, we're joined on the line by Jamie Wong, a senior inspector at the Hong Kong Police Force's Anti-Deception Coordination Centre; Crystal Cho, senior inspector at the Hong Kong Police Force's Cybersecurity and Technology Crime Bureau; and Paul Jackson, the managing director and Asia Pacific leader for Crow's Cyber Risk Practice. Good morning to all of you. Morning. And uh, welcome to Back Chat. Let's start with you, Ms. Wong. In the first 10 months of last year, romance scams increased by around 80% to 1,369, compared to the same period in 2020. Um, Do you have an update on that figure? I mean, to give us an idea of the latest situation?
4: Yeah, we've got a number of romance scams is increasing. Well, between January and November 2021, we've got 1,526 cases, with a total loss amount of 536 million Hong Kong dollars of loss. Um, Compared to the same period in year 2020, there was only 814 cases with a total loss amount of 189 million Hong Kong dollars. While there is 87% increase in the number of cases and a 183% increase in the total loss amount, which is quite significant,
5: I think. Miss Wong, there's a lot of interference. Are you using a hands-free or um, could you get closer, do you think, to your microphone um, is this better? Yes thank you uh, And uh, in general
3: Ms Wong so do you think this uh, problem is going to worsen uh, this year
4: Yeah, I think uh, it's probably because uh, of the pandemic, like more restrictions is uh, imposed on our social lives. And that means more people will be uh, seeking companionship online. So this profile also provide new reasons for scammers to use to put off meeting with the victims in person. So um, this will definitely uh, affect the number of uh, reports.
5: So what's the typical age profile of the people that you see are the victims of romance scams, Inspector Wong?
4: Yeah, it's quite a wide range. Uh, We can see the victims' uh, age range from 13 years old to 87 years old, talking about in 2021, and with uh, the biggest loss amount in one single incident involving uh, 23 million Hong Kong dollars.
5: Wow, and would these mostly be female victims?
4: Yeah, um, it's usually females victim, and uh, um, uh, their occupations is a wide range as well, uh, ranging from housewife or businessman, uh, businesswoman or teachers, nurses, something like that. Yeah.
3: And uh, one case that uh, stood out recently was the fraud uh, syndicate that cheated uh, 37 women in Southeast Asia out of a total of $15 billion, million dollars. And that syndicate was uh, busted in a joint operation by the police force in Hong Kong, Malaysia and the Interpol. How are these um, romance scams changing these days? Is it more difficult to catch these bad guys?
4: Um, it's actually quite difficult to catch the bad guys behind because they... Um so uh, the traditional uh, romance scam starts off with um, uh, th- forsters faking romantic interest towards the victim and then uh, they would eventually ask the victims for money. Uh, traditionally, they would use variously uh, highly emotive excuses such as they need money for emergency medical care or to pay for transport costs to fix- visit the victims. Or the fraudster would falsely claim that they have sent a valuable parcel to the victims. Uh, but a clearance fee was required uh, in order to release the parcel from the custom. But nowadays we can see that the trend is uh, changing. Uh, it usually involves some investment fraud as well. And there's a saying that this type of scam is usually called the pig butchering scam. Um, it means that uh, the victim is, uh, uh, ultimate, ultimately will get slaughtered financially by the fraudsters. But invariably, the conversation between the fraudsters and the victim uh, will at some point revolve some around investment opportunities such as gold trading, uh, Forex, cryptocurrencies, etc. And the fraudster will often discuss his own success in investing and will offer to teach the victim how to invest. And in order to make the scam look more realistic, they would send the victims some hyperlinks or QR code, and ask them to download some uh, fake trading app or trading platform. And then uh, they would try to get funds from the victims. Uh, these fake platforms allowed fraudsters to simulate transactions and update the investment, uh, which gave a false sense of competence to the victims. So for the first few times of investment, the victims would be able to retrieve their monies. Uh, however, uh, at a later stage, um, uh, um, the, tr- the victims are tr- uh, will try to invest more money, trying to capitalize on the perceived uh, opportunity. But the victims would only realize the scams after they could not retrieve the monies and uh, when the foresters went out of reach. Uh, and uh, One interesting point is that no matter whether it's the traditional ones or the ones involved uh, in investments, the victims are never get to see the fraudsters, uh, not in person or not in, uh, even in file video clone. Uh, what we see from experience is that they will try to avoid meeting the victims, such as their cameras on the phone were recently broken. Um, So it's it's getting harder to uh, catch
6: the syndicate
5: behind, yeah. And where are they usually? I mean, traditionally they've been in places like Malaysia or Nigeria or these kind of places. Where are you locating them these days?
4: Recently we've got, um, um, yeah, from my experience we can see that they are mostly from Nigerian or uh, mainland China, yeah.
3: All right. uh, Let's bring in a cybersecurity expert, uh, Paul Jackson. With all these uh, developments in technology and uh, these uh, creativity and the different methods used, um, do you think uh, it is now more difficult to catch these uh, fraudsters behind these scams? Yeah. Good morning. Yes, it it is very, very difficult because um, you know the
7: transnational nature and um, you know for law enforcement to collaborate effectively is is not fast. It's slow, and uh, it it, you know the, the. The culprits, if you like, can hide behind uh, what we call proxies or or virtual private networks, making it very hard to trace uh, those who are responsible. So ultimately, you know, the investigation of these kind of uh, issues is extremely complex and very rarely leads to any kind of success in in enforcement.
3: And uh, apart from romance scams, uh, another common kind of scam involves uh, online shopping. Um, Ms. Choi, can you update us on, on the situation?
8: Yeah. uh, Good morning. Uh, I would say online shopping fraud is the kind of uh, internet fraud that is most stumbled upon when one says the net. Among the uh, 14,600 cases of technology crime recorded in the first 11 months last year, uh, 37% of which were e-shopping fraud. That is over 5,400 cases and the total loss amount was 68.5 million Hong Kong dollars. Well, in general, scammers often take uh, product photos or landing page from legitimate businesses and then they put up apps uh, on social media sites or post on online marketplace. And as they start taking online orders, Well, after placing an order, victims often report receiving nothing or receiving items that were counterfeit or inferior from what the ads promised.
5: So how can one tell if it's uh, a stolen landing page or fake products? Is there any clue?
8: Um, Well, there are some pieces of advice we have for the public. Well, the first one is... Uh, always use a trusted resale website with protections in place before buying or selling anything online. Conduct their own background check on the on the site you want to use. You know sites with uh, user reviews or those uh, which act as a middleman, so that the seller gets paid only when you're satisfied with the product. Are better options, and um, we oftentimes we see that the scammers they request. Uh, payment upfront and then of course after they receive the payment they will vanish into thin air and so try to meet in person if you can. It's um, harder to get dupe if you buy and sell in person. Well as a buyer you can always inspect the product before handing over the money and as a seller you can pocket the cash right there. You won't have to worry about loss or damaged packages either. And also that, that's one more tip I'd like to give to the public is that you don't, please do not ignore the red flags. So once you've started a conversation with a seller or buyer, take stock of anything that seems out of ordinary. If someone makes a strange request or they won't answer basic questions, they only want to communicate outside the app or ask for a deposit, well, these are the red flags. And also be careful if anyone asks to be paid or pay you in a strange or complicated way, like with gift cards and uh, money orders, then these are also some, the, the red flags that we often see with scammers.
3: Uh, Ms. Jay, I, I have a, a message here for, on, our, uh, on Backchat's uh, Facebook page, and it's from uh, TC. He says, a general rule that has served me well over the years, if it's too good to be true, it usually is. Is, is, that, a good, uh, is that a good tip?
8: Yes, definitely. Because um, the scammers often um, use features like uh, like the big sales or they're selling products or items at a very discounted price or they're offering the uh, overseas uh, purchasing service. Then these are also some uh, characteristics we see in scammers Uh, because, um, you know, one is too good uh, why do they offer it to you? They can always use it themselves, right? So if it's too good, if you doubt it, please don't make the transactions.
3: And, and Ms. Trieu, um, during this uh, pandemic, do you think uh, the methods uh, um, of these scams, I mean, have been changing a lot?
8: Well, yes, um, in year 2020, it definitely changed many aspects of our daily lives, like how we work, how we travel and shop. And One of the most significant changes would be the shot-up in online shopping sales. Uh, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a demand spike for personal protective equipment, the PPEs, like the face masks, disinfectants, gloves, uh, sanitizers, and it provided fraudsters the perfect cover to attack. But we've seen load of, loads of cases in which victims paid for nothing. Uh, In fact, the case with the highest amount of loss last year was of very similar nature. The director of a local medical supply company tried to source large quantities of medical gloves from a manufacturer overseas. But after the deposit, which was over 15 million Hong Kong dollars, the alleged supply disappeared into nowhere. And so because of the coronavirus pandemic, there is a very widespread shift to doing shopping and everyday tasks online. And this trend has provided fraudsters um, to open up the opportunities to steal from unaware consumers. Hmm.
5: Paul, can I introduce a slightly tangential subject here? In my work as a counsellor, I'm coming across a new fraud, which, well not fraud really, it's something different, on LinkedIn. Um, Now this concerns usually men, who are uh, businessmen and they're given an opportunity they're advertising for a job and they get contacted by a female who then contacts them for an online video interview the next day uh, or soon and they somehow um, uh, not not pointing the finger at anybody get involved with taking their clothes off and uh, intimate things can can happen online. Uh, If that sounds possible, it seems to be. Removal of clothing seems to be the common feature. And then suddenly bells ring and a note flashes up saying you have been caught and you are now going, everyone in your network is now going to have these pictures broadcast unless you send money to this address. Is this a a sudden trend? Because I'm certainly seeing it.
7: trend that we are seeing uh, um, you know we have been seeing for a number of years but what is what is really concerning perhaps to us uh, you know because we, we investigate uh, data breaches and um, y- y- you know um, hacking into corporate systems and the the other side to this beyond the financial impact of obviously that person being blackmailed is the possibility for insider threat and we are seeing growth in um, in uh, employees being coerced to Opening the door, if you like, for corporate networks or for deliberately installing some malicious software onto a uh, onto a company uh, network through these kind of uh, scams or, or uh, coercion, if you like, uh, and this is this is something that is incredibly concerning. And it's probably due to the fact that uh, more, more and more companies are taking cyber security more seriously, and they are beefing up their protections. So the the criminals are looking for ever more innovative ways to try and get around those controls and by subverting an employee they're actually finding that this is a way to get around some of the uh, cyber security controls that are in place. So just, you know, although that is a problem, obviously, on a personal level, being um, blackmailed or extorted for financial concerns, it goes beyond that as well as more implications for the corporate world as well in terms of the insider threat.
5: So they're using entrapment for in the first place and then using that as leverage. Is that what you're saying?
7: That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. And, uh, you know, as I say, it's criminal ingenuity. Unfortunately, this is one of the battles that the police and ourselves have to face is that um, you know, as security improves, um, the criminals find ever more innovative ways to uh, to get round those controls. And by subverting individuals, uh, this is uh, you know the human factor. This is one way of getting round the technical controls that are in
3: place. Miss Wong? Uh- can we go back to you now for a bit? <laughs> um, can, you, can you, I mean, earlier your, your colleague, Ms. Cho, she told us about uh, how uh, her, her colleagues have been tackling an uh, increase in uh, online scams. Uh, how, uh, what about you? I mean, how have you been uh, tackling an uh, increase in uh, romance scams?
4: Well, to this end, uh, we have the Anti-Deception Coordination Centre, which is called the ADCC. It is established in 2017 with field to stepping up actions against deception and to enhance public awareness of those kinds of scams. So, for enforcement, we have maintained a close communication and intelligence exchanges with local banking institutions, the mainland authorities, and a number of overseas law enforcement agencies. Um, and One of the main functions of the ADCC is to intercept payments from victims to the fraudsters. In October 2019, the ADCC has, together with the Financial Crimes Unit of the Interpol, jointly established an international stock payment mechanism so that the ADCC and majority of the member countries can initiate the stop payment mechanism reciprocally, allowing the we to combat transnational crimes more effectively and promptly. Uh, In terms of publicity and education, the ADCC holds regular meetings with different police units to promote and coordinate anti-deception publicity in all aspects. Uh, The ADCC maintains a designated website, www.adcc.gov.hk, where the general public can browse the latest scam alerts and enhance their understanding on different kinds of deception. The website will later launch a subscribe function as well, so the general public can uh, get hold of the latest deception messages. The ADCC also actively disseminates anti-deception message through Various social media platforms, and um, it also maintains and operates a 24-hour anti-scam hotline Triple Two in which uh, designated police officers are answering calls from general public for inquiries about uh, suspected deception.
3: And Ms. Wong, I noticed that the police have recently launched a free software called Vanguard to help businesses to filter suspicious emails and a bid to help fight phishing scams. Can something like that be used to help tackle romance or other online scams?
4: Um, um, I think uh, we've got uh, some tips for the public uh, in order to avoid uh, uh, being trapped from romance Uh, scams. We don't have the software for for romance games specifically, uh, but I've got a few tips here. Uh, So do not easily accept friend invitations online and beware of any requests for money uh, from someone that you have never met in person, particularly the ones you have only recently met online. Uh, Do not easily disclose personal information or photos on the internet. um, And do not download apps from unknown sources Um, Beware of investment plans that claim to be low risk with unrealistically high returns. Uh, When a so-called investment company uses a personal bank account or virtual currency to collect investment funds, uh, there's a good chance that it is a scam. So before making any investment decision, uh, please consider carefully and understand the risks.
3: Ms um, Ms Troy, yeah. maybe maybe Ms Troy, um, do you think you can tell us a bit uh, about this uh, Vanguard software H- how how can it help uh, to uh, tackle online scams
8: Yes. Um, Vanguard tackles another aspect of uh, cybercrime, and that is a business email scams. We have observed that the local SMEs, the small and medium enterprises, are actually the major victim groups in a business email scam. They account for 70% of the of, of this scam. And the, the, the system Vanguard is actually a suspicious email detection system, uh, which is... Uh, co-developed by the Cybersecurity and Technology Crime Bureau and the Hong Kong University. And we're to facilitate the SMEs in detecting suspicious emails from daily businesses and communications automatically. We have offered uh, the installation package of, of Vanguard, and um, an installation guide and, techno- uh, and technical support, uh, which will be posted in cyberdefender.com for download by the public uh, next week. Um, and on this occasion, i will also like to uh, let the public know about another brand of the Cyber Security and Crime Bureau, which is the Cyber Defender. We have established this brand since last August to promote digital citizenship across all walks of life. It comes with a website, uh, which is cyberdefender.hk and a Facebook page and an Instagram account and a YouTube channel. We have uh, very rich content on the the website. We have got uh, the IT basics, uh, tips to secure your digital device, advice for parents and teachers, and also the latest trend of cybercrime and also other resources and tools such as the phishing scam search engine. Uh, We also offered uh, frequent updates on the Facebook page like the latest operandi or plots used by scammers. And of course, on the investigation side, we have cultivated intelligence and mounted several arrest operations. Like last month, we mounted an arrest operation codenamed I'm Warrior. We detected 354 cases of online shopping frauds, arresting 80 people, and we believe we have crumbled a number of uh,
5: syndicates a number of syndicates, that's good news. Paul, I know you're only here till nine. Um, A couple of years ago, uh, I allowed myself to be scammed scammed by a romance scammer for an SCMP piece and you and I, um, you were very supportive and helpful at the time with advice on how to deal with it. Um, Coming back to the romance scams, the latest batch of victims included an 87 year old. What kind of vulnerability of women are these guys so good at exploiting?
7: I think that's a very interesting question. And uh, you yourself, if you recall, um, uh, you know, even though you were obviously acting as, as a persona, you still felt the um, the psychological pressure.
5: But it was horrible. <laughs> yeah.
7: Yes. Uh, I mean, it, it is. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people say, "Well, how can these people be scammed? How can they allow it to happen?" Well, they they haven't actually been in that position where they've been, you know, over a period of time, they've allowed these uh, quite professional. Um, uh, scammers, to, to get inside their heads and to, to really convince them that this is an opportunity for love, for genuine, you know, relationship, et cetera. And um, it, 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 it's very hard to be critical of, uh, of anybody, uh, with, with, you know, with, if you've never experienced that. And I think it's, it's a very difficult thing to combat. And uh, I think the only way is education stories like the one that you wrote, I think, was very, very effective got a lot of very positive feedback and it's only by getting these messages across I think through education that we're able to combat this because the reality is that the the culprits behind this are very very good at it
5: yeah and one thing I've observed is for family members of um, I hate to to sound like I'm coming down on my own sex but um, older ladies single ladies are very vulnerable to this and the one thing that is common is isolation and it seems that when they get immersed in a in a romance scam, they don't talk about it. They don't tell anybody. So if you're the family member of someone who you suddenly see seems very, very interested in their phone or completely wrapped up in something, ask questions. Don't just assume everything's fine. All right. Uh, I'm afraid we have to
3: take a short break for the news summary. Um, Mr. Jackson, thanks again for joining us on the program. That's uh, Paul Jackson, the Managing Director and Asia-Pacific Leader for crawl Cyber Risk Practice. Miss Wong and Miss Cho will be staying with us for a bit longer so we can continue our discussion after the news when we'll be joined by Gilly Wong, the Chief Executive of the Consumer Council. Now a quick look at the weather. It'll be uh, mainly cloudy, sunny intervals later. Right now it's 19 degrees, relative humidity 74%. Welcome back. This is Backchat on a th- Wednesday morning with Anna Fenton and me, Janice Wong. We're talking about the rise in online and romance scams. If you have any questions or comments on today's topic, feel free to contact us. Our email is backchat at rthk.hk. Our telephone number is two three three eight eight two six six, and our Facebook page is Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Still with us on the program is Jamie Wong, a Senior Inspector at the Hong Kong Police Forces Anti-Deception Coordination Centre, and Crystal Cho, Senior Inspector at the Hong Kong Police Forces Cybersecurity and Technology Crime Bureau. Also joining us now is Gilly Wong, the Chief Executive of the Consumer Council. Good morning to you, Ms Wong, and uh, thanks for joining us on Backchat. Good morning,
9: Janice. Good morning, Anna.
3: Um, In the first half of the program, Ms. Wong and Ms. Choi have been uh, telling us uh, um, about the increases in uh, romance uh, romance scams and online scams. Um, So what have you been seeing at the Consumer Council in terms of complaints related to online purchases?
9: related to online purchases um, everyone knows that the last two years is a very exceptional year for the world Uh, but no matter what um, that impacts the um, consumer behavior quite significantly in terms of online purchase so um, if we look back from five years uh, ago from uh, to now uh, there's a really growing trend uh, in terms of um, the number of complaints that the council received uh, over the past uh, five years especially from 2019 all the way to 2021 we observed uh, the fact that uh, we received four thousand five hundred cases from twenty nineteen all the way to twenty uh, all the way to seven thousand in twenty twenty one even in twenty twenty because of the pandemic year we received thirteen over thirteen thousand complaint cases, um, that mainly stemming from um, um, the face mask, um, disinfectant items, and also travel matters. That uh, drove up the uh, complaints a lot in 2020, but if we compare uh, 2019 to 2021, we still observe quite a significant increase from 4,500 cases to 7,000 cases. So it means that um, the online purchase behaviour um, is getting more and more popular especially the types of uh, goods or services that the consumers buy from online are very diverse right now. In the past, it may be limited to a few uh, um, common industries, but right now uh, they buy anything from the web and also social media as well.
5: Um, Gilly, is it your observation that most of these would be local purchases or from overseas suppliers?
9: Um, it could be a broad range because, you know, the online shopping platform, it could be from overseas and they have Hong Kong offers as well. So it is even getting harder and harder to distinguish whether they are buying it from Hong Kong or from um, the mainland or from uh, the U.S. or even from the Europe. Um, there are many, many choices uh, for the consumers to buy globally. That's the beauty about online purchase because there's no limitation on the boundary, um, uh if you travel you, you only buy from that places but right now you can just sit at your home and then buy everything Uh, from around the world online. Um, But probably, you know, you have to wait slightly longer than before uh, in in, um, the shipment to arrive. But the social media is getting very very aggressive in promoting different kinds of goods and services. Uh, And we saw quite um, a momentum already for people to buy just through the social media and pay um, to some uh, electronic payment means but without any receipt or without checking the details of uh, the shop. Uh, but just to make a very impulse purchase just simply because they saw a very good offer, a good deal or convenient way to buy something that they want to eat or want to enjoy.
3: Uh, and you mentioned an increase in these complaints. Can, can you give us some examples of, of what these uh, complaints uh, are about?
9: well usually the amount is not very high and that's why this kind of scam or maybe we call it the non-delivery um is getting uh, very easy to um to happen for example um now people buy food um online so we receive cases like uh, buying um, um fruit from uh, the social media during but unfortunately uh, after they place the order the uh, obviously the the jury never arrived at uh, home, and also when they message um, the contact person, they block um, the buyer and of course, you know, there's no way to seek for redress and There are other complaints as well related to goods like um, electronic items, even coffee uh, capsules uh, because they are limited edition coffee capsules that is very uh very popular. But when you found it online, then um, you just make the immediate purchase without checking the validity of that shop or that particular person. And that also causes a complaint as well. There are many other types, Um, even um, simple goods like uh, clothing or sports shoes, um, any daily necessities that you can buy online in case you don't check out the um, the credibility of the of the shop very carefully and make the payment without any records or proper communication then it's very easy to fall into this kind of trap
3: what's your assessment mr i mean do these cases or these examples sound sound like a possible scams to you
9: um, that's possible well, of course, you know, we have to rely on the police to investigate before we can confirm it, it is a genuine scam. Um, but no matter what, because of the popularity of online shopping, it's so common right now. If you are not careful, online shop is always virtual, um, especially through the social media. It could be a person to person kind of transaction. It is even harder to trace. So uh, I think that would be quite a challenge, you know, to find out uh, whether those are scams or not.
3: And Ms Wong, has the uh, Consumer Council received any compl- any like other complaints uh, related to online services perhaps?
9: Well, um, of course, uh, for example, if you book um, um, entertainment tickets or if you uh, book um, travel um, uh, services, but in case uh, there is any miscommunication, or maybe even if you book it, um, but you couldn't find the booking at all, it could possibly be a non-delivery or maybe a loss of the order. Uh, we also received. Um, I won't highlight, you know, another fact. It's about the suspected spurious goods is um, having a sign of increased about uh, from 2019, we received only 100 cases, but right now in 2021, we received 350 cases. So there are more fake goods possibly be sold online as well, pretending they are genuine goods too.
3: Ms. Choi, is that your observation too? or Are there more fake goods now? Sorry, say again? Are there more fake goods uh, being sold online now? Is that also your observation?
9: Yes, this is exactly you know what, what I meant. Um, because if the, the number of... Uh, uh, suspected fake goods online is from um, has increased by threefold. That means you know people have to be even more conscious in in the sh- the kind of shop that you purchase from. Better it is much better for you to buy some from some more credible shops, uh, much larger shop. And in case you want to try out some new shops that you haven't purchased before, um, you have you better try with a very small purchase to test out the credibility of the of the shop before you go for a more regular purchase
3: and uh ms wong also looking at the consumer council's uh figures um do you have any figures on romance uh, complaints about dating apps or or i, I don't know like similar similar um, um software
9: um we i don't have the specific um complaint data on hand but um frankly speaking um this kind of dating service has been um quite um uh, problematic in the past reasons being is about the membership uh, whether the dating service can honor the commitment or maybe the pledge um, to the customers is quite a question. so we always um, uh, remind the consumers that if you are really interested in this kind of dating service um, it is better to start with something uh, in a lower grade kind of um, membership and also um maybe it may not be only the the only means for you to get connected with someone that um you want to um, uh, have um, uh, um, have, 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 uh, have a better relationship, but it is uh, probably you know you have to expand your social network to find other channels for you to get connected with other more more other peoples
5: so you're discouraging them from using online dating apps.
9: Uh, yes or no. Reasons being is some people may be really desperate or maybe have no other means that they want to make an attempt. But on the other hand, um, don't rely on this kind of a dating app too much. <clears throat> Reasons being is um, it may not be able to have the, um, the number of members that is qualified or maybe meet your requirements uh, that turn out to be a disappointment rather than a hope for
5: you. I also observed that the way they charge is that they take a continuing rolling subscription and it's on you to cancel it very often, but you don't realize that.
9: Uh, when you mentioned about the cancellation um, um, convenience, uh, in actual fact, there are many other uh, websites uh, or maybe discount platforms. It's not easy to cancel. Mm. So that's why when we remind consumers to try out different online shops or maybe platforms, um, Um, you have to be really mindful about um, whether you can cancel or not. Or or, or even, you know, if you want to unsubscribe Mm -hmm. some news um, according to the privacy law, but sometimes, you know, that kind of app will continue to give you the news that may create a hassle for you in, uh, in, in, in deleting all those emails.
3: All right, I just have to let uh, the two officers uh, go first. And maybe, Ms. Wong, we can continue discussing this for a, a few more minutes. Um, thanks again, uh, Jamie Wong, for, for joining us this morning. That's a senior inspector at the Hong Kong Police Forces Anti Deception Coordination Center. And uh, many thanks to uh, Crystal Choi as well, a senior inspector at the Hong Kong Police Forces Cybersecurity and Technology Crime Bureau. So, um, Ms. Wong, we're talking about how uh, these, uh, I mean, what, what to watch out for when it comes to these uh, dating apps. What about um, with the uh, Chinese New Year coming up, what um, other things should uh, the public watch out for?
9: Um, I, I think um, many people will probably order food online because there's many shops um, emerge right now on um, on the web um, to give you very good package of hot pots or maybe different kinds of cuisines um, that you can enjoy. Um, so this is something um, that I have to remind consumers because first of all, uh, we saw the number of complaints also doubled. From 2019 to now, right now, from 300 cases all the way to 9 900 cases. Um, um, there are mainly two streams of complaints. First of all, it's about the quality of goods non-delivery um, from some online order. Um, another uh, stream of del- uh, complaints is about um, the delivery platform. Um, so, if you place the order, that could cause a delay, or even uh, have uh, when the uh, the foods arrive, it is um, not in a very good condition. You know that um, is satisfactory for you. So, um, the food um, side is um, is something you know that I highly remind um, consumers about when you consider that kind of convenience in buying foods. And another thing is about um, the household items. Uh, we saw many consumers right now is very um, get used to buying many household items online. But on the other hand, when you don't check out the um, quantity and the order carefully, that may create a lot of disputes as well. So it may not be scammed, but... Um, that kind of hassle in following up will be quite problematic so this is another area that I strongly remind consumers um, that um, they when they place the order they have to check really carefully and the terms and conditions really carefully
5: okay um, we used to hear a lot about phone scans are they still going on
9: they are still going on but this is very fluctuating because sometimes um, you will receive a lot of calls but sometimes you know, it will die down uh, all in a sudden so it is all Always a reminder, no matter it's Chinese New Year or not, it's year-round that you have to be really mindful of all these uh, phone scams, especially when they're talking about it is from the authority or maybe um, your last order from um, the logistics company about your online delivery, that kind of thing. That could possibly be a danger as well. So when you receive that kind of call, you have to validate very carefully or even if you haven't placed the order, you you, you know that kind of, that is scam. you probably just ignore it without answering to it at all.
3: And, and how do you usually follow up on these uh, complaints that you get? I mean, when do you actually reach out to the police?
9: Well, um, usually when we receive the complaint, of course we are having very experienced officers to assess whether those are scam cases. But once we sense that possibly be scammed, we will advise the consumers... Um, and also uh, seek the consent from them um, to refer the cases to the police so that they can follow up uh, more quickly. Another um, authority that we also have very close connection with is the Customs and Excise Department, because that possibly may not be a scam, but um, when you talk about fake goods, that is more related to the Customs and Excise Department. So we refer all those cases to them as well.
3: And now, with the pandemic still still here, I mean, what do you expect these complaints to continue to increase in the coming year?
9: Well, I think it will because of um, the popularity of online shopping, and people, when they stay home, there are many. They have lots of time to shop online, and there are many offers that makes you feel so tempted. That and also the amount, the transaction amount, is not very high. Usually, it range from four hundred or $500 all the way to $1,000 or $2,000. Those are not a very high amount, so people will just um, take it casually and then place the order. And probably, you know, I would strongly remind consumers that as you see all these kinds of different kinds of offers you have to be mindful about first of all whether you need it or not secondly is the credibility and reliable reliability of those shops, and thirdly what kind of payment that you're talking about if you cannot use credit card or uh, simply just use um uh, electronic uh, payment means to transfer the the money um, and then wait for the delivery um the order by itself, the transfer of um, the fund by itself, is, there's no detailed record about what you purchased. So when you talk about dispute for follow-up, it's even harder, not to mention the fact that those are virtual shops. So once they block you, it's almost impossible for you to get in connect with them at all.
3: All right, uh, we'll have to leave it there for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Gilly Wong, the Chief Executive of the Consumer Council. And uh, it's now 18 minutes past nine, and it's time to turn to our final topic today, and that's about uh, the government's plan to require teachers and school staff to get vaccinated by February the 24th. This is uh, part of the government's move to expand the vaccine bubble in Hong Kong. And the announcement comes as authorities are scrambling to find the source of a new suspected Omicron case that has no obvious, Links to known infections. To discuss the plan, we're joined on the line now by lawmaker Tang Fei, who is also the principal of Hong To Secondary School. Good morning, Mr. Tang. Good morning. And uh, welcome to Backchat. Um, so, what do you think of the government's plan to extend the vaccine bubble to cover schools? Uh, I
10: think it's necessary for all uh, citizens, all including parents and students, to uh, make a more serious uh, 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 enforcement of. All- to afford, uh to for the expanding the so called the recommendation.
3: This vaccine bubble uh, covering schools is is at least uh, better than uh, having online classes at home.
10: Uh, That's not a problem. That's not a problem for schools, including online teaching and learning.
3: school principals, teachers and other staff will be uh, covered in the initial stage of this uh, expansion of the vaccine bubble. Um, Do you think it will be easy for schools to meet that requirement by the 24th of next month?
5: Tang, it's very hard to hear you. Are you using hands-free? If if so, could you talk directly to the phone, please?
10: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Okay. Um, do you think it will be hard to persuade teachers to get vaccinated? Because historically, there's been quite a lot of pushback, hasn't there? Uh,
10: it's not a large, uh, problem for the old teachers. But, but, but I think the big problem are just for parents, not for the school. So. Their teachers and staff are vaccinated. So, uh, most of the schools, all, all, almost all schools in Hong Kong, are uh, recoverable really, really from the whole day schooling, whole day teaching.
3: And uh, what's the situation at your school? Are all the teachers and school staff already vaccinated?
10: The situation is very good, but I, I'm, I'm worried about the uh,
3: When you say the situation at your school is uh, pretty good, what does that mean? Are, are all the teachers and uh, staff vaccinated already? More
10: than seventy or more than seventy percent of uh, teachers and
3: staff were vaccinated. Oh, okay. What about do you know? Do you know the situation of some other schools? Maybe, maybe that uh, you have contact maybe with. More-
5: Because they don't, because of the age issue with it the children or the parents dedicated. don't want it?
10: The junior class of students can't be persecuted. That's a big problem. And if they stop schooling, every student, every primary school student, come, come back to home. But if their parents know they from home, they will accompany these student.
3: So do you also believe uh, that the government should uh, um uh, maybe allow Form 1 students to to get vaccinated as well?
10: Uh, Maybe consult a professional advisory group of medicine.
3: Right. And uh, this uh, announcement uh, actually comes... uh, Well, the announcement to extend the vaccine bubble to schools uh, comes as uh, Hong Kong uh, records its uh, first untraceable local COVID-19 case in three months. Um, How worried are you about the uh, current situation?
10: I think it is a really serious uh, situation uh, uh, and become more and more serious. So this, uh, uh, the SAR government maybe make a tough decisions about uh, the about situation, including school, especially primary school.
3: And uh, with this uh, untraceable local COVID-19 case, do you think, um, in your view, is it time to uh, tighten social distancing measures? Uh,
10: I'm not sure uh, that's the that point.
3: And then uh, with this uh I mean with this uh untraceable local COVID-19 case, do you think this um vaccine bubble scheme may have to be postponed further? Yes, of course,
10: from Let's further
5: how do you see uh, the situation ha- transpiring from the parents' point of view? Do you see that parents will become too nervous to send their children to school? Is is that how you see things, or are parents uh, no, being? I
10: don't. I don't I I I don't, think, I, I, I don't get uh, any opinion from the parents about uh, if they uh, if nervous, if, uh, that that, uh, their their children come back to the to school.
5: So you think I get that they
10: no would from the parents, the, but maybe uh, some? Of them.
5: But I, I'm thinking you should be able to see whether parents are prioritizing the children going to school or the possible health yes, risks.
10: Yes, of course. Maybe most of the parents parents try a balance between the, uh, going to school or staying at home.
3: All right. Um, okay. And uh, have you been able to? Have you been speaking to other parents, and what, what are their views?
10: Uh, yes, of course. I, I know, but how um, can't give a professional opinion about it. Uh, how to say uh, government to uh, how say government to make uh, decisions about uh, work from home to all the parents.
3: All right. And uh, I'm now joined by uh, Mervin Cheung. Uh, Mervin Cheung, uh, he's on the line with us. Um, good morning, Mr. Cheung. Thanks for joining us on the good program. Good morning. Um, so, so um, as I just mentioned earlier, um, the government has, uh, is planning to um, introduce or expand the vaccine bubble to, to cover, um, to require teachers and school staff to get vaccinated by February the 24th. Um, what's your view on that? Is, is that a good
5: move?
6: Yeah, it's a uh, good news because uh, it helps protect uh, uh, those uh, working uh, and, and studying in, in in the local schools. Uh, but uh, there, there might be difficulty in uh, in actually implementing the um, uh, the scheme because um, right now we um, we still have a quite quite a large number of uh, students who are actually not uh, vaccinated. So uh, first and foremost, uh, we need to get the students uh, quite significantly uh, vaccinated in terms of the p- uh, proportion and at the same time gain the, uh, the cooperation of, of the parents and, and all the school workers. And that uh, 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 such cooperation is vital for extending the, the direction scheme to... Uh, a couple of schools.
5: Now, what exactly is the issue there, Mervyn? Is it that the parents are reluctant, or is it that we're now seeing almost all of the vaccination centres are fully booked for the next at least two weeks?
6: Yeah, that's the uh, I think that, 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 that's the difficulty uh, because, as mentioned by the chief executive yesterday, during t- uh, I think the uh, middle of the press session, that um, if we increase 10% of the vaccination rate, it will be um more than six hundred thousand people who are involved in, in in getting jabbed, and uh that that's the reason why to, uh, uh that, that's one of the main reasons why to, uh, she extended the uh the debt, uh the, the, the start table for the for the uh for the new vaccine scheme uh to the twenty fourth of next month because that, that will allow time for all the stakeholders to have uh, uh, enough preparation for uh, I mean, for the new scheme. So um, uh, right now, uh, as reported in, uh, by the news medias, uh, right after the, um, the announcement of the scheme already, um, m- most of the vaccination t- uh, channels have become fully booked. So t- uh, that's, I think, uh, the, the question of capacity uh, will pose a lot of uh, uh, difficulties for... We- but yes. Mr.
3: Chan, we, we now have uh, uh, the first, uh, Hong Kong's first untraceable local COVID nineteen case. Do you think there is a need uh, to expand this vaccine bubble? Uh,
6: yeah, we, we we do need to. Um, I think it serves all all all, 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 all the good purposes for extending uh, the vaccine uh, bubbles. But then uh, the question of uh, vaccination capacity and also the the associated measures would need to be stepped up in order to cope with the the expanded scheme.
5: So how do you see this panning out? Do you think enough kids will be able to get vaccinated in time?
6: Uh, As mentioned by some school principals yesterday, um, they support the scheme. Uh, so do I, but uh, there must be all all, all the uh, necessary uh, coping measures uh, that are very in in, in place and also uh, and done in time.
3: Hmm. But i, I must mean, just i must uh, just point out that the initial in the initial stage, it's only the teachers and school staff that have to be uh, vaccinated. I mean, it's not uh, mandatory for for students yet, right? Yeah,
6: that's right, that's right, because uh, uh, only that, uh, you know, mask wearings are, uh, are mandated for students but not to, uh, uh, COVID vaccinations.
3: All right, uh, Mr. Chung we'll have to leave it there for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Mervyn Chung, the chairman of the Hong Kong edu- Education Policy Concern Group. And uh, many thanks to our uh, lawmaker Tang Fei, who is also the principal of Hong To secondary school. And uh, thanks to uh, all of you for commenting uh, through email and our Facebook page. Now, uh, the weather forecast. Mainly cloudy with one or two light rain patches to start with. Sunny intervals later with highs of around 22 degrees. Winds moderate easterlies. And the outlook, sunny periods in the next couple of days right now it's 20 degrees relative humidity 73 percent
11: colorectal cancer is one of the most common cancers in hong kong you'll have less risk of getting colorectal cancer if you adopt a healthy lifestyle exercise regularly eat two servings of fruit and three servings of vegetables daily maintain a healthy body weight and say no to smoking and alcohol Most importantly, get screened for colorectal cancer to detect it early. Visit colonscreen.gov.hk
0: to learn more.
3: It's 9.31, the news with Andrew Shirofsky.
0: Authorities are checking thousands of passengers on a cruise to nowhere after nine close contacts of a female COVID patient boarded the Spectrum of the Seas vessel on Sunday. The cruise company said the vessel had about 2,500 passengers and 1,200 staff members on board. The ship returned a day early so the passengers and crew could be checked. A prominent epidemiologist says the untraceable case in Tun is concerning and more such invisible cases could emerge. Professor Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health also said it was too early to drop the zero COVID policy as the city's vaccine coverage wasn't high enough. And President Biden has again urged Americans to get vaccinated after the U.S. registered a global record of a million new coronavirus cases in a day. He said 35 million people in the U.S. had not had vaccinations. We'll have more on these and other stories at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew.
11: Uh, sociology prof from the University. Of set and costume design. Great interpreter of Beethoven. and oh so also shy, quiet, and retiring. Doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really for adults. It's not really for cats.
2: Yeah. Well, it's fun, you know. To decipher of what's
11: happening behind the myth. Good
3: morning. In-depth interviews and also observations.
11: Absolutely no way.
3: On your radio and live online.
6: This is the morning brew.
11: Good morning to you, and welcome to the twelfth day of Christmas here on Morning Brew. I can't bring you the twelve drummers drumming, though, as most of them are delivering pizzas these days. However, I can bring you our friend, composer and conductor Colin Touchin at 10.40. Today in our classical music chat, he'll tell you about the early days of some of the most famous composers out there. He'll be playing you some of their earliest works, some written at a ridiculously young age, and funnily enough, some not... I think elgar only had his first actual hit after he was 40 there's hope <laughs> anyway after 11 30 rtl francis philippe davar will be joining us live from a pre-dawn paris for this week's chat and french musical artist dedication chris watts is still away for a stretch metaphorical not penal and he'll be back with you soonest Now, we met our first musical guest from Bear's Premier Music Festival the other day. Top viola player, born Lao. So this is a yearly event for Morning Brew and, of course, Hong Kong. When some of the world's foremost instrumentalists gather here to perform chamber music masterpieces. Well, you might ask, how on earth do they do this under present circumstances? Well, apart from booking loads of quarantine stays, Executive Director Andrea Fessler has an Old Testament-length to-do list... Which she's going to tell you all about at 12.10. Here's Ted.
6: When I was six years old, I broke my leg. I was running from my brother and his friends. Tasted the sweet perfume of the mountain grass I rolled down, I was younger then Take me back to when I found my heart Broke it here, yeah. made friends and lost them Through the years, and I've not seen